G'day, Guitar Wankers. Welcome to another Guitar Wank podcast. Thank you for joining us. I am your host, Troy McCubbin. You have no saying it. This is episode 231, and uh, it's a big one. Why is it a big one? We have Leland Sklar. Did I get that right? Probably didn't. Uh, the, the amazing bass player, our first bass player, I believe, uh, on the show, and uh, we've started at the top. What a great man he is. Um, a few things before we start. One, uh, this was done uh, in the mountains. <laughs> I was in Big Bear, California doing this at the time. So uh, where the internet is good, but I guess we were all so far away, it had its moments. But so excuse that. And also just the we were all on phones and laptops and stuff like that. So we we're doing the best we can. So... So, so, so there you go. Uh, if you haven't already done so and you want to be a part of the Patreon guitar wank situation, you can go to patreon.com slash guitar wank or guitar wank slash Patreon. Anyway, go to guitarwank.com. You'll find it there on our website. You can contribute, support the show, keep us bastards off the streets, and uh, you'll get Bruce's one-minute lessons that are awesome because they're little little snippet videos one minute he'll give you something to spend the next 30 years to work on it's crazy i know uh but don't trust me just go find out for yourself and uh you'll you'll see for yourself uh I, my head's elsewhere tonight because obviously america is about to uh d-day is tomorrow well d-day is today if you're listening to this when it comes out but um holy dooly here we go america please please get this right uh, the world is praying with you <laughs> i believe ah shit all right so that's about it uh, let's jump into it mr leland sklar and uh what a great man it was it was a real pleasure to have him on the show. He's he's got um, an awesome book coming out. You'll hear it on the podcast, but he's got amazing things. So uh, definitely worth checking out what he's doing and supporting the great man. Uh, yes, guitarwank at gmail.com, guitarwank.com. Leave us a review. It helps us immensely. Click, sign, paste, forward, do all that bullshit before the end of the world. And uh, we will hopefully, I pray, <laughs> I'll catch you guys all next week. We, uh... I may move countries uh, if, uh, yeah, I may move move to another country. That's what I plan on doing if it all goes to shit. All right, guys, be safe out there. Be good and uh, vote if you can. And uh, we will catch you all next week. Have a good one. Be safe. Well, where are you guys... Where are you guys located? North Hollywood? Did you say? I'm I'm actually I'm normally in North Hollywood, but I'm actually in Big Bear at the moment. Oh, okay. We're in nice. one of our cabins. And Bruce? I'm up in Carmel Valley, you know, near modern Carmel. Yeah. You know, I love it up there. It's great up here, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, when I when I would do movies with Alan Silvestri. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, he's up there, and he he has like a private airstrip or something. He would fly down to L.A. to do his sessions and go right back home again. Yeah, yeah, he has. A, he, he used 
I don't think he lives here anymore. I think he moved, but uh, he has a winery out past me. I'm about I'm about ten miles from the coast, and his winery oh, okay. is another oh I think ten miles down the road from where I am. Yeah. You guys okay up there with the fires? Well, we had to evacuate about a month ago, but we luckily it was okay. It was just a safety precaution and just to give the firefighters more room to work. But yeah. we're okay. Finally, we're smoke-free, and it's back to that unbelievable air and weather that you get up here in the central. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's it's so magical up there. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I love it. Why we, why we, I was just talking to a friend of mine. who They had a place in Arrowhead, and every time we'd go up to Arrowhead, we'd go up to Big Bear and, and hang out up there. Oh, that's great. Everyone wants to get out of L.A., yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's crazy times, that's for sure. It's crazy. While we wait for Scott to jump in, which he'll be here in a sh- shortly, uh, sir, I've been a massive fan of yours since I was uh, watching, well, Phil Collins' live concerts in Australia. I mean, you've, mm. you've played on everything. I'm trying to think what you haven't played on. Well, there's, there's a lot I haven't played on, but it's <laughs> been a good run. It's been a hell of a run. <laughs> Yeah, I used to tour with Wilson Phillips, so I saw that you played on their album. Yeah, yeah, I've I've known the girls forever, and it was really fun to get in the studio with them. And you know, Carney, I've known since she was a little kid. And, yeah, and Carney. Stuff. Yeah, I toured with them for about yeah. five, three, five years or something. So, um, yeah, oh, that's the, great. The girls, the girls, are great. Here comes Scott. I'll bring him in. You, I, you guys are all old hat at this Zoom stuff. There's Scott. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, man. Hey, Leland. How you doing, man? How are you? Well, you know, just like everybody else, I'm in a holding pattern. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm circling, the, I'm circling the airport dumping fuel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But doing good. Doing good. good. How about you? You? you too, nice to man. meet you, actually. I don't think we've ever met. No, but, you know, I, I'm sure our paths must have crossed somewhere, though. It, it's impossible to imagine yeah. they haven't. Yeah, It's good to well, be in here with you, man. Definitely seen you on Facebook a bunch, that's for sure. <laughs> when, I'm not, when I'm not kicked off. Yeah, we, yeah. Well, we have lots of questions to ask you about that. You know, you're probably the most kicked off person in the world, so we have to talk to you about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm still waiting for some kind of a badge or something that you get. After you should a while. get at least a pie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on, at least a pie. Yeah, t- toss me a cookie. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Leland, I I don't get it because I see that I follow your stuff and I don't see anything that you post that is any more worse than a lot of other people post. I have, I mean, I've gotten death threats on on Facebook. Wow, um, I, I've got you know I've got all it takes is one troll yeah. to kind of just fuck you over, and um, and I've been trying to be really cool because I think this is a critical time and I I don't want to just for you know saying one thing to be thrown off before this election and all that um, I have you know so I, I've been kind of laying a little bit low with it but there were times like um, where I would get kicked off for something that I didn't even post, you know, or they would oh. say, I, I remember posting once, uh, it was a picture of Miley Cyrus in concert, and she had these big giant fake tits on, 
and a huge dildo and all this stuff. And, and all I did was posted the picture and I said, you have more talent than this. This, this kind of smells of desperation. And you have more, and they immediately blocked me for months for posting nudity. <laughs> Yet everything was latex on it. Wow! You know, so you know you you can't win. And the thing that sucks with it is there is no recourse. There's nobody to talk to and to and to contest it. And 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 if you even can find that door and and contest it, um, you're never let back in. I mean, if I ever met Zuckerberg. I would love to introduce his testicles to my knee. Damn it. Come on. Internet. There we go. I see first. You've seen that meme. Yeah. yeah. You know, everybody all looking it. all classy and she's naked. Yeah. And that was up there for like at least three weeks. And I thought, I guess I got away. And then they took it down and they and kicked me off for a week. And it's like, that's, yeah, the, only, yeah. that's the only time I've ever been kicked off. I'm usually kicked off, I'm usually kicked off about 150 days a year. <laughs> Last wow. week, I got, I got warned. Uh, a friend of mine is, who has an amp company uh, posted some picture he saw. He shared it. And it was some girl in the bathtub with a bunch of dill pickles, right? <laughs> you know, a bunch of pickles. I mean, it was the stupidest thing you ever saw. Yeah. And I just kind of, my comment was, uh, sourpuss. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and you know what they did? They didn't post it. They warned me. They said, are you sure you want to post this? Because this might be da-da-da-da. Uh. And it may get you kicked off. So I've not, never heard of a warning. I've never heard of a warning. They warned, but all, they warned yeah. me, like, this might not be cool. We're just giving you a chance. Somebody may not like it, or you may be gone. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. No, I don't care. You know, it was a good idea yeah. at the time. I mean, it's already three hours later. I don't even remember what I was talking about, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's one of the things that will get you kicked off immediately is if you say white trash. And, wow. I, and somebody I knew was post talking about Edgar Winter and White Trash, and they immediately got kicked off. And it's <laughs> the fucking name of the band. <laughs> like, Come on. You know what? That's so funny. Uh, I was just listening to Back in the USA today in my car. <laughs> I love that fucking wow. tune. Rick Derringer played his ass off on that fucking tune. I love that tune. Rick, Rick is such a great player. Are you kidding? I love Rick Derringer, just, man. He's one of my yeah. all-time favorites. <laughs> And the Winter Brothers, man. You know, oh, man. how can you go wrong? Best. And that band was kicking ass, man. I love that band. Yeah, it, it was funny. We did a gig at, um, it was one of the joints down on Sunset near the Whiskey. It was some club. I forget the name of it. But um, Edgar was going to be playing with us, and he was late getting to the gig. And they had, <laughs> backstage, it was a prop from something, and it was like a six-foot-tall polar bear standing up so we rolled it out and put it behind the keyboard so maybe people would think it was him <laughs> he laughed he thought it was great when he arrived <laughs> that's great man yeah. oh my god i love that album that's one of my all-time yeah. favorite you know like horn band albums i just love yeah. it no, it's love that good fucking stuff. record good stuff, man. and i'm going to apologize that i i only had my phone up till now and my fucking phone will not download zip files, so I couldn't listen to the music you sent yet. Oh, don't worry about it. It's no big deal. We we just want, you know we always send guests a little bit of our our shit 
so you could just hear what we're doing but it's not a big deal we don't give a fuck we don't we, we the audience doesn't need to hear about us anymore <laughs> well, <laughs> so, I thought it, I thought it, they want to see you I thought, would, I thought i would put a smile on my face <laughs> <laughs> I was Shea Coulee, man. That's my favorite. <laughs> Shea Coulee is awesome. That's yeah. me and my daughter's favorite. You know, we uh, she won, so we were really happy that she won this year. So we were really super happy. <laughs> it's such fun, man. It's such fun I, stuff. I love RuPaul's Drag Race. The yeah. Best. When I first started working in the 60s, kind of mid-60s, one of the first gigs that I was doing on a regular basis was down on Highland. There was a... a a uh, female impersonator club that was back then it was all behind closed doors with security guards and wow. pass, you know, passwords and all that shit. And I was still a teenager at that point, man. I got this gig there and I'm sitting there backing up these guys that are doing Liza Minnelli and all of this <laughs> stuff. And I, I, I remember sitting at a table with this guy and I was probably sitting two feet away and could not convince myself that this wasn't a woman. He was so beautiful. So I had oh. shit to put together. Yeah. It, was, it was a real great learning experience for me. They used to take us in Japan. We'd go to Japan. Uh, I, uh, there's a, the school that I teach at, MI, Musicians Institute. Mm -hmm. And yeah. the owner is Japanese. So I used to go do these tours of all the MI Japans in, 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 you know, in, in Japan. We'd go to Osaka. Yeah. Anyway. Every time we went to Osaka, they took us to Jack and Betty's, which is like a, a, a club where all the girls have had the operation. So they look totally real and they're drop dead gorgeous. And they come over to your table and they hang out and they tell jokes. And I remember one of them grabbed my wife's tits and, and said, oh, my God, those are real. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. You know, this yeah. is funny. I. One of the guys teaches at the school, and Osaka started making out with one of those girls. So I was asking my friend Masaki, I said, now, he used to be a guy, and our friend is making out with him. So does that make our friend gay? And Masaki said, that's kind of a gray area. Here's <laughs> <laughs> the you're not gay unless your balls touch. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's like well, like that old no, no, dude. Thanks. Yeah, it's like when when he's when the guy said, "Man, when that shit hit the back of my throat, I knew it wasn't for me." <laughs> hey, man, isn't it great? You don't have to worry about being censored on our show. You can say any fucking thing you want. Oh man, I'm, I'm so weary of censorship, man. Oh it's man, so weary, man. I, I see you always on, you're either on Facebook and then you've been blocked on Facebook, then you're on YouTube and then you're working through people on Facebook. I feel like it's a conspiracy at this point, Leland, to get you off Facebook. Yeah. Well, but, but, well, go ahead. Well, I'm just thinking maybe you can be the first guy to get kicked off Guitar Wank. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope. Let's hope. Um, <laughs> That'd be yeah. awesome. But I, I, I had one run there where I got kicked off of Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. What? Yeah. What, and <laughs> what, was it anything offensive or anything of just or just standard? I don't. Yeah, I really don't even know. They really don't even tell you. And uh, like I said, 
none of them give you recourse. You can't come back and say this is bullshit. Right. So it, it is what it is. You know, the thing is, I sit there and I go, I had a life before any of that crap. So if I'm not doing it, it's fine. You know, there, there's such a good side to Facebook, even though everybody goes, oh, it's passe and all that. Um, I've hooked up with so many people. I've done great album projects with people that I've hooked up with on Facebook and all that, that kind of stuff. So there's a real dark, insidious side to it. But there's also a, a cool side, and, and I really try to dwell on the cool side. And uh, and the other stuff, and, you know, so much wouldn't be a drag if it wasn't for the fucking administration we're dealing with. You know, because that's really brought out the worst in everybody. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, the anger and hatred and man, I, I have normal. I mean, I'm a, I have my issues, but I've been normally a pretty even keel, happy person. And man, I hate going to sleep pissed off and waking up pissed off every day at what's going on. I want this shit over with already. And I want, you know, we're getting, we're getting close. We're getting close Leland. I think, oh man. Yeah. I, 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 for a long time I was thinking, I wish he would have one of those massive strokes that reduces you to just going, you know, <laughs> sitting in a chair, shitting his pants, co completely <laughs> cognizant of everything around him. But you can't move. Yeah. I just, but it, yeah. At, at this, at this point though, I watch videos of like those industrial grinders that they put like a car in and, and it just shreds it. And I'm going, Man, just line them up and shove them all in yeah. there. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think uh, this is just my stupid opinion. What do I know? But I don't think that he's at all cured, and I think that that shit that they gave him is going to do him more harm than good. And I think he's going to. I think he's headed back for the hospital, and I think he's going to fucking die. That's oh. what I think. Well. I, I, I'm, I'm mixed on that. I, I, I would love to see that, and I'm not sure he ever had it. Yeah, that's another because thing. This, I'm not either. Because with, with all the tax stuff that was going on right. and all this other stuff, what a right. great diversion to right. come out that he's Superman. You can't possibly know whether the whole thing's a fucking hoax or not. Yeah. You know? I, I don't trust. No, you bring up a good point because you, know, you bring I mean, up a good point there. I don't know for sure either. You yeah, know, it's, all I can it's all too devious. Did you did anybody see the interview with um, Giuliani's daughter? She just came out with this Atlantic thing where she's talking about her father's so fucked up, and he's he drank the Kool Aid, and she's begging people to vote for Biden. I uh, love like, it. it. You you can't write a script no. for this shit. Yeah, it's well, unbelievable. You know what? The best thing about the them both doing the town halls last night was which I was blown away, Biden got a million more viewers than Trump. And you know that would have just, oh, pissed him off so bad. Yeah. yeah. So, and, um, and it was really, it was really great too because when his ended, how he hung out for like another 45 minutes answering questions. With this is such a freak show at this point. My, my wife's cousin worked for a company based in Switzerland and he was like their West Coast representative and they made like... Um, Real high-end hardware for hotels, you know, doorknobs, locks, you know, hinges, all that shit. And they did like one of his casinos, and he completely burned them, you know, for millions of dollars when it was over. I mean, I, I know several people firsthand that have had to deal with him. But the thing that always amazed me is that he isn't in the East River in a block of cement because of all the bullshit he did in New York. Yeah. 
he fucked with a lot of people there, and it's just amazing that he wasn't taken out because he's such a pussy. He's he's such a cockroach. I'm just how does yeah. how does he get away with this all the time? I've always wondered why somebody hasn't killed him by now. Yeah, I just yeah. I, I just can't understand how is a guy like that not dead by now? Yeah, yeah, maybe he Either is by the mob or by <laughs> some crazy crazy yeah. assassination guy or just you know why hasn't fucking Lee Harvey Oswald risen from the dead and shot him <laughs> of, course, <laughs> yeah. of course Lee Harvey Oswald didn't kill anybody but that's well, another that... <laughs> somebody else I'm, I'm not... how about John Wilkes Booth <laughs> okay I'm, I'm good with John I'm good with John <laughs> okay. have, you, have you ever been to, have you ever been to, to the um, Ford Theater no um, we used to do a gig there every year with uh, Bill Conti, um, and um, it was called an American Celebration, and it was kind of like a glorified Ed Sullivan show, but the president would be there and everybody, but it's really interesting because in the basement of the Ford Theater, there's a, a Lincoln Museum, and they've got the pillow that his head was on that's soaked in blood, wow. and the gun that was used, and, all, and then they've got a, a, a cutout of Lincoln. Because he was like six four and a half, so he was a big guy, you know. So you can see, you know, it's really amazing. It's, it's a wow. really fascinating place to go Peter's to. Here's Vincent. The name is—is is that the guitar player for Tower of Power? Oh, Bill Conti. Yeah. It's one. No, Bill Conti uh, wrote the theme to Rocky. He's oh, a, he's a yeah. film composer. Yeah. Who's the guitar player for Tower of Power? His name's also Conti, I think. Oh yeah, uh, let me think. Who's the hell? Bruce. Yeah. Bruce. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Got it. Got it. Confused. Got it. Got yeah. old age. Um, so. Don't talk about. It. Let's not go there. <laughs> don't don't unravel that thread. Our our whole world will. Don't pull up that thread. Our whole world will unravel. <laughs> yeah, my pants will fall off. <laughs> You're wearing pants. This is Zoom. You don't have to wear pants. <laughs> well, I I own them. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you know what, Leland? I thought I was going to get kicked off Facebook for sure for some of my Kenneth Copeland posts because oh. see, what I do is I love doing this, and I do it every time I see somebody post a meme of Copeland saying some crazy shit. I go to his prayer request line on on his website, and I fill up the prayer request right, <laughs> and and then send it. And I, before I send it, I take a screenshot of it. And I put it up on Facebook, and I also put the address where you can go there and write your own prayer requests. So my requests are like, Dear Kenneth, um, I'm sorry, but you're not going to be allowed into the kingdom of heaven. Um, instead, you're going to like the ninth level of hell where you're going to be addicted to meth and a gay porn actor. And then, <laughs> and then I said, I'll say like, I always end it with, yeah, I guess God takes that eye through the needle shit really seriously. <laughs> and then I send it. Good. I've sent Good. him dozens and dozens of prayer requests. It's like, oh, he's so hideous. He's so hideous. Yeah, I got, I got, kicked, I got kicked off for some, for posting some farting preacher stuff. Oh man, Robert Tilton, he's my idol. Yeah. Oh, those are the best. Those are just I love the best. Him so much. Our yeah. bass player, the guy that plays bass in my band. And if you dig, if you if, listen to my record someday in the future, you'll dig him. He's a good bass player. And he, um, he, he's a French guy, so he had never heard of Robert Tilton. So when we were on the road in Italy, 
I said, guys, you've probably never seen this. And I, and I had all these Tilton videos and I showed them and they, Romaine, this guy, the space player, he became such a fan that he dedicated a whole YouTube channel to him and he even friended him on Facebook. Oh, great. Me, Robert Tilton, he Facebook friended him. Well, it's, it's funny how people get into that. I, I became friends with Paul Allen for stuff. Uh, we bonded. We bonded over Robert Tilton. <laughs> and we were sitting. We were just sitting together on a couch. And I said, "Have you ever checked these out?" And he's, "What are you talking about?" And, he, and man, he was on the floor rolling yeah. around. He was howling. Who is it, man? So, the, it's so how can you not that. fall in love with that shit? I just love that shit. I love how that they'll use a moment of silence where he's not saying anything and you expect yeah. there to be a fart, but there isn't one. And then yeah. he starts talking yeah. and here comes the fart. Like, <laughs> there it comes. Oh, it's brilliant. It's so good. The first time I saw that, I was crying. It was, too, it was just fabulous. Well, so uh, have we started the show yet? I, I was just, uh, <laughs> I was officially, oh yeah, I was officially going to start the show. Welcome to Guitar Wink. Um, <laughs> that is all on tape, isn't it? Oh yeah, it's pretty relaxed. But um, okay. for all our listeners out there, go go look up Leland on uh, Google. Just go to his Wikipedia page, and it's like who uh, it's he's, you've played with everyone, mate. All my heroes and uh, everyone we grew up with, even a couple of Aussies in there, mate. Oh, absolutely. Um, and Billy Thorpe and I. You spent it. How long did you play with Billy Thorpe for? Well, we did the Children of the Sun album, and then we went on the road with it, and and then we did an album after that. But he he was managed by a guy named Robert Raymond, who was I guess known as Ripoff Raymond, <laughs> and uh, and it, we finally kind of had to call it quits because of some really shady shit that this guy was doing. Right. And then I was going to do uh, Zoo with with Billy and and Mick Fleetwood. Yep. And it never quite came together, yeah. and then Billy moved back to Australia right. at that point. But I'm still in touch with Gil Matthews. Yep. Um, but I, I, you know, I always loved working with Australian, and I'm in the middle of another project with with Brett McKenzie from Flight of the Concords down oh, in New Zealand. Wow, how's that? Yeah, so that's gonna be. Oh, cool. I love it. I did the Muppet movie stuff with him, and. Uh, he, he's so smart and so creative. So we, we're doing an album of his material now, but everything just, you know, like everything else, as soon as this shit hit the fan, everything's just kind of ground to a halt and things are being done in, in pieces. But, you know, like I was supposed to be in Switzerland in May and the gig I was supposed to do in May is now March of, 20, of 22. Wow. Me too. So, Me too. My March 21 got moved to March 22. Yeah. We just don't know what the hell's coming down the pike at this point. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, people are so irresponsible that. Where yeah. where were you heading before all this hit, Leland? Were you were you going out with Phil Collins or? No, we we had just we had finished Phil a couple of months before this happened. We had been out for off and on the past two and a half years doing this not dead yet tour. Right. Yeah. Where you know, we were in you know South America and Europe and and states and all over the place. And um, then after that, um, I've been focused on our, our band, The Immediate Family, with me and Danny Korchmar and, and Waddy Wachtel and Russ Conkle and still. And the last gig I actually played is we did a Rock Legends uh, cruise from uh, uh, St. Petersburg to the Grand Caymans. 
and it was like Roger Daltrey and Nancy Wilson and oh, wow. Mark Farner and all all these people on it. And we got uh, we're on that. So that was the last time we really played for an audience because when we when we got back from that is when the shit really hit the fan. And we were really fortunate because when we got to the Grand Caymans, for some reason, we didn't dock. Um, they they sent out a pilot boat because one of the guests on the ship had had a heart attack and they needed medical attention, so they took it. But there was another cruise ship there, and apparently, man, these people all got it, and it was running through the through the Grand Caymans where where they where they landed. Um, so we were so grateful that nobody got off the ship and came back to infect the you know this thing. But other than that, like today, our 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 group's EP just was dropped today, and we have a show tomorrow on stage at um, a live show that we that we filmed, uh, and just the last time we streamed a concert was from the Coach House, and um, and they screwed up the audio on it, so we had to re redo it. So this time, um, we've done the show uh, up at DW Drums. Um, yep. Uh, Don Lombardi let us use their soundstage and his crew, and we did it about a week and a half ago, and then we just went through it all just to make sure everything's working. So it'll be streamed tomorrow. So that's what I'm kind of focusing on, right? Between that, my YouTube channel, and um, and, and I book, which is going to come out at the end. Uh, uh, the website will be up soon, and uh, it'll be available at the end of November. So I've been trying to work be creative every day just to still feel like I'm engaged. Yeah. So the the book, is that just a, your experiences, your life? Is it, what what's that in? It's a photo book of over 6,000 photographs of people going. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. Awesome. <laughs> here's here, here's the, the mock-up of the cover. <laughs> And then when you turn it over, then when you turn it over, oh, great! I love it. Uh, oh, we, we need to give you a complete guitar wank one for your. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Where, hold on here. I'm gonna hold okay. on. Keep going there. Hold on, all of you. Come on, there we go. Excellent. Excellent. Le Leland, um, yeah. where, where did that start? That whole thing, which I love. Let me let me tell you a little story. Uh, uh, when I was out with Phil uh, Collins in 2004 doing the first Final Farewell tour, um, they hired a bass tech for me. In all my years of working, I've never had a bass tech. I've always done my own gear on the road. And um, it was this guy, Steve Winstead, nicknamed Chinner. And, um, and I think he came off of a tour with a where the bass player had like 10 basses and wanted new strings every day. And all. so he came in like a hungry dog, you know, what do you need? What do you need? And I went, Oh, nothing. I, I don't know. Um, I said, just, I guess, make sure my ship turns on and, uh, you know, set it up there. But I like to do my own bass. So we had kind of a running thing going the whole tour. Cause we were out for a long time. And, um, uh, he ended up being like a general gopher, way overqualified gopher, like, you know, helping the background singers and the percussionists and all this bullshit. So at the end of the tour, though, there was talk that Phil was going to retire and because he was done at that point. And we had about 120 people on the road together on that. It was a huge tour. And so I thought, I may never see any of these people again because they're from Europe and all over the States. So I thought, 
I'm going to take a picture of everybody, make a little folder for my, you know, just put it in the computer, just as memories. Luck would have it. The first guy I go up to is, is Chinner and he's sitting in his laptop and I go, Hey Steve, hey, Steve, give me a smile. And he's working at the laptop and he just go, just flips me off. <laughs> and I look at the picture and I went, actually, that's pretty cool. So I went and got Phil, Tony Smith, his manager, everybody in the band crew, you name it. So I had about 120 pictures. And I tucked it away in my computer. Then, like two years later, or so I guess it was, I went out with Toto on the first time I worked with them. And I thought, I'm going to do the same thing with them. And got everybody to flip me off and got people on the road to do it. I got up to about 350 pictures, and it took on a life of its own at that point. <laughs> like, I go to the NAMM show, and I can get like 500 shot people a day there. <laughs> and, and I've got, uh, in the book, there's... 6,000 photographs in the book, but I had to call those from 12,000 photos that I've taken. Wow. And, and, it, and it's, I mean, and, and it's like, it's everybody from Jack Nicholson to Charlie Watts to Phil Collins to, to um, people like Bernie Williams from the New York Yankees. When I did his album, I got him. Oh, we're on an album together. You did work with Bernie? I played on that album that you're on. Oh God. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, and he's a he's a badass. He yeah, he's a great guy, man. He's such a sweetheart. Oh, yeah, he is great. Um, but then I've got like just the, you know I got the whole Nokia theater to flip me off during a gig, and, um, and and just uh and just people on the street. I'd get people at baggage claim on airplanes in the supermarket, and so so um we've I, I met up with a guy who does art books and he loved the idea of it. And, and we've put this together and it's a big, big, large, high quality coffee table book. And, um, so we just yesterday got the, um, the loose version, the unbound one to give the final. Okay. And then we contacted the printing company and they're getting started. And at the end of November in about a month, I'm going to be getting 10,000 books delivered. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and so I've, I've, i'm in the almost finished with a website where the i'm doing it all so uh, i'll i'll be taking all the orders and wow be, you know, so it's a it's a big commitment but you know if it wasn't for having it now but it happened but you know i've got i've got the time to do it and uh and I've been bugged by people for, for years now. Are you ever going to do a book? Because everybody knows about this. Uh, yeah. And uh, it's like when Jack Black, he, he goes, uh, you want balls? No balls. What do you want? <laughs> I mean, it's, like, it's, like, it's crazy. But it's one of these things. I think people need to smile right now. There's so much darkness in the world. And this is one of these things that um, the few people that have seen it just start laughing when they're looking at it because it's so crazy. It starts off with babies. Um, it's, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. So I'm really excited about that. And the website's going to be really fun. Um, uh, we're going to try to incorporate a whole bunch of really silly stuff in it and make it a lot of fun to visit. That's awesome. I can't wait till that comes out. So Leland, when I know this probably varies from year to year, but how much are usually on the road? Well, this year I, I had a whole bunch of, I had a, a Japanese tour, um, gigs. I was supposed to be in Germany today doing a, a drum festival in Paderborn with Chester Thompson. Um, I had this, this uh, I had a, probably about 
I had a year booked, but it was probably six months of travel and then album work. A lot. And, so, so you're and, on the and, road a lot. Yeah, it, it, it went away, though, you know, completely. And, well, yeah, um, but I mean, you know, pre-pandemic. You're on the yeah, road pre-pandemic, like, usually around pre-pandemic, six months a year. Yeah, I was, I was looking at a, at a really busy um, year. And then we had a bunch of stuff lined up with the band, plus uh, Denny Tedesco, who did the Wrecking Crew movie, is doing a documentary film about us, and we're like two-thirds of the way through that, and then that's ground to all. Not a halt, but it's moving slowly because so much of it requires interaction. Hmm. And uh, and so they're being real careful about that. But uh, Layla, so next, 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 yeah, he, go ahead. Denny, Denny had, did he have trouble with that documentary he did, getting that backing and all that kind of stuff? Did they have some trouble with that? I saw it. It was an amazing documentary, so... Oh, it's a, it's a great film. The real problem he had is as he would raise money to be working on it, he was getting nailed by like all the publishing companies for all that, man. And they, you know, they were asking for hundreds of thousands of dollars. And you're kind of thinking most of this stuff is, is old music that if you just shut your fucking mouth, people will see this movie and then go back and investigate the catalogs and be buying it. But I go through this, with my YouTube channel, because I've been posting every day since the, the pandemic started, and everything practically I've posted is copyright protected. I've been dealing with blockage and copyright issues every day, and I'm thinking if they would only read the comments that I get on, on my page where people are saying, I had no idea about these people. I'm going to go buy that record now. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the fucking music and business, the, the business can't help but get in its own way all the time you know they just shoot themselves constantly where if they would just shut up they would actually have product being moved but for some reason they're protective you know it's like i was one of the songs i played on was called waterfall for carly simon and i put it up and uh warners immediately blocked it took it off my page and i just finally went fuck this shit so i called carly and told her she flipped out she put me through to her manager, who then went to Warner Brothers and made them unblock it. Oh. You know, I mean, it's like they do this without the artists even knowing it. Wow. You know? That's unbelievable, it's, man. It's so stupid. Yeah. You know, I, well, saw it, this, um, I saw this amazing class taught by Pat Metheny. It, mm-hmm. was, it wasn't so much a geek class about scales and bullshit. It was more of like how an artist thinks about improvising more coming from the perspective of like right brain, how the right brain works. And Pat's a very articulate guy. So it was really cool yeah. fun to watch him talk about it. Cause it was more like the psychology of improvising more than, you know, the, the brass tacks, the right? Chops. So, chops. Yeah, right. So, so the thing is, is he's talking and he says, now this is an interesting way. This is an interesting tune where I think this is demonstrating it what I'm talking about and they start to play the clip and then you see not allowed to play because of publishing. (laughs) What the fuck? Like who in their right mind would stop someone playing that would maybe go out and buy it because he's talking about it. You know what I mean? It's like, what a fucking ridiculous thing to do to take the music out of that, of that, yeah, it's, that, that class. So it's, it's all it's it's also ridiculous. Where we our, our band uh, 
a few months ago went out to DW to do a photo shoot out there with Rob Shanahan taking pictures. And um, during the, the photo shoot, Wadi Wachtel put up like some old reggae tune, just a, way in the background. And when I got home, I, I put it up on my YouTube channel just because we photographed, you know, the, the process and all that. It immediately got blocked because of this Ooh. reggae tune that was in the background. Wow. Wow. You know, it's just, I mean, I got blocked. They blocked your smiling face, James Taylor, when I put it up. And all I'm doing on my channel, uh, I don't know if you've seen any of the videos. I have, yeah. But um, but the, the way that started was when we finished Phil's tour, um, I had guys writing to me saying, you know, we saw you guys like in, in Sao Paulo or in Germany or whatever. And most of the gigs were stadiums. So they were, you know, really big venues. And they said, we could hear really well, but we couldn't hear all the details. And so what I decided to do was I had the, our front of house guy send me one of the shows. And I figured I'll start with the first song of the show. And what I did was I, I've got it in my laptop where I'm sitting right now. I've got a little Bose speaker plugged into the headphones. Um, and I have a bass amp on the floor next to me. So what I would do was I would play the thing and play along, but mix it so that my bass part was on top of the track rather than in the track. And, um, and, and, and these people were all just going, oh, this is fantastic. We really love it. But then all of a sudden, you know, things like smiling, all these songs I'd worked on, bands I was in, we're putting up our... Um, our own stuff after this and um, we're getting blocked for copyright Jesus. and i'm going that's the fucking band i was in i mean i'm like i'm involved in in in, in the public and i don't know where this comes from but there is some kind of algorithms or something that just come in there like pac-man you know and they just start eating everything that's you know going on it's 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 the most counterproductive industry yeah um, to me um, and, and that's why, like at this point, we're still getting messages saying that the uh, the pension plan is uh, verging on insolvency because of how corruptly it, 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 it's all been run. You know, and I sit there and I look at my friends that are like sagging after and go, "You guys lucked out, man. You, you have a good union. We have just a bunch of old criminals." Yeah, you know? yeah. So, so I don't know. Well, but it's it's weird. It's it's weird times. I watched the one with. Uh, I don't want to talk about it. The Rod Stewart song you played on. Yeah. And, um, man, awesome. It's so awesome. How many, how many viewers you got? You were on a chart, the YouTube charts or something, right? Yeah. I mean, I've kind of, I've got about, about 140,000 people on my channel now. And, um, they came out with a, a worldwide thing about web pages and all that stuff. Um, and uh, I and out of the top, it was the top fifty in the world, and I'm number twelve. Wow! wow. And I didn't even fucking try, and I'm you know I can't monetize any of this because it's all copyright protected. So I'm just doing it because I love it. But I love telling stories, and so I tell stories every day. Like today, I uh, uh, today I, I um, put up. Uh, oh, yesterday I was doing Richard Marks. Um, but I've you know put up I Am Woman, you know Helen Reddy, and all these things, and. Mm. And just showing bass parts and then telling the stories about sessions and the road and all these people, man, that they're looking at me like somewhere between the Pied Piper and Mr. Rogers. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. It's, but um, you know, it gives me a, a, a reason every day to, to dig up another song. I've got 
reams of, of paper here now of, you know, going through songs and, and trying to remember who was on the dates and talking about like Jeff Picaro and, you know, all, all the different players I've worked with and stuff. So it's, 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 it just makes me still feel like I'm in the game when the game is in, it is in, you know, a holding pattern. Yeah. Yeah. So Leland, did, did the band yeah. that you played in with, uh, Billy and, and, uh, Tommy Bolin and Jan Hammer. Did that? Did you guys ever do any live gigs, or was that only a record? It, it was. It was two days. It was. We cut that whole album in two days. It's basically yeah, one or of each song. The thing that was great about that was our our band that I was in the section that was James Taylor's band and Jackson Brown and all that. We would open for them and and then do the stuff. We ended up for about seven weeks on the road opening for Mahavishnu Orchestra, mm-hmm. and and so we all became friends, and that's how Billy and I became friends. So when he got the opportunity to do a, a solo album, he called me and he said, "Would you come to New York and and work on it with me?" And I said, "I'd love to." But the thing that was amazing was when I got there, I didn't realize Tommy Bolin was going to be playing guitar. And in the late '60s, I was in a band called Wolfgang, and he was in Zephyr. Right. And we were managed. We were managed by the same local criminal, oh, and no so we were we were old friends. And so when I walked in the studio and I saw Tommy, man, it was like old home week. That's but, awesome, man. I yeah. I love him, and I was a big fan of Zephyr. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he was one of the best guitar players ever. Yeah, he's he's awesome. I, his solo in Quadrant Four is one of the classic solos of all fucking time on the guitar. Well, what's great is when he and Jan are trading licks back and forth, yeah. there's a point in it where you hear him bending, going, and it's going, he breaks his E string in the middle of the solo. And yeah. he, didn't, he didn't stop. He kept, he kept blowing, finished the song. We never, we never went back in and punched anything in. <laughs> and, uh, and there were so many things like Robert Moog was there. There's all these kind of things that sound sequency. That's all... Moog's first electronic drums, so he was hanging out, and Billy was experimenting with that stuff. But Billy called me in two thousand three and said, "You, it's the thirtieth anniversary. You want to go out and gig it?" And so it ended up being me and Billy and Gary Husband playing keyboards, and Dean Brown playing guitar. Oh yeah, you know Dean's a really good friend of mine. Yeah, so, I love Dean. So Dean's yeah. awesome. In fact, you know what? When when uh, I guess it was maybe five years ago or something, we played a festival in Texas, and we opened for Billy with Dean and that keyboard player. He's kind of on the big side. That guy I can't remember his name. Yeah. But it was Billy and him and Dean, and we hung out in Texas and had a great time just hanging out. I played with Billy um, when Dennis Chambers got sick one time. I was oh, wow. playing. HBC with uh, uh, Jeff Berlin and Dennis and um, Dennis couldn't make the tour. So Billy did it for us in South America because he's very well known down there. Oh yeah. Yeah. So Billy did a whole South American tour with us and we talked a lot about spectrum. We talked a lot about you. (laughs) He he holds you in very high regard, you know? So it was, it was a blast to talk to him about it. You know? Well, it's funny. Like, the, the, the funniest thing to me, uh, and it's one of those things, you had to be there. Um, down at Sam Mash Music on 48th Street, um, on the, uh, the wall for, I guess, for years, they had 
Dean Krupa's Chinese crash symbols, and Billy lusted for that thing, and they finally let him borrow it for the uh, for the uh, for the recording. And Ken Scott engineered the album, and we were at, at, at Electric Lady Studios, and they they set up this kit. It was like fifteen mics on the kit. I mean, it was like insane, you know, the way they at that time that was the idea it was like more mics the better rather than a couple of really well-placed mics will do the same job but the first time billy rode that symbol i'm looking in the window and i see ken scott's hair standing up and he's levitated at this point <laughs> i think every meter in that place was pegged it was the loudest fucking thing i've ever heard in my life and they finally they set the symbol behind his kid and so whenever he wrote it, he would reach behind him and just play it off mic. <laughs> but you know, we, we lived for those two days. There was an Orange Julius down the street from the studio, and we were having drinking strawberry Juliuses around the clock. I think we were all pissing pulp by the time <laughs> wow, we finished. Man. I uh, mean, but it was a, it's amazing to me that as hard as I work on records, and I work hard on records, to think that you guys did that fucking record in two days. <laughs> and and that is like one of the most iconic records yeah. in Fusion. It, That's it, period. Yeah, it, the, the thing I love is every time I see Jeff Beck, he comes running up to me going, Stratus, Stratus, Stratus. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, he does that in his show, and he said playing on that changed his concept of playing. Oh, mine too. Yeah. I mean, but I knew him from Zephyr. But yeah. when I heard him on Spectrum, uh, up in the league of someone like Jan Hammer, you know, yeah. it kind of elevated Tommy to another thing. Like, Tommy got to play stuff that I don't think I'd ever heard him play in blues situations like Zephyr. No. Tommy yeah, had a lot more rhythmic vocabulary in his head than I knew he had. You yeah. Know? And so, like, he became kind of the guy for the gig. He really became the guy for that record. And he, well, the, the, did, he played the shit out of those tunes, man. It was well, great. I think I think the reason that that record worked as well as it did, because that was the whole period of like Return to Forever and mm. you know all the Headhunters and all that that stuff was most of the groups of that period that were doing like fusion were like jazz fusion, mm -hmm. and having Billy and, and Jan really coming from the jazz end of it from Mahavishnu where Tommy and I were coming in as rock players. Right. So I think it was that combination that gave it an edge that's really stood the test of time. It really has stood the test of time, because I can listen to that record right now and enjoy it just as much as I did yeah. back in the day. I step away from it, and I love listening to it. And I've done a bunch of the songs on my YouTube channel, played along with them and yeah. stuff, because people were real curious about Stratus yeah. and stuff like that. Right. And, uh, but I miss Tommy. I think that was probably the zenith of his playing, because after that was when he really started getting fucked up, and ah. you know, between Deep Purple and James Gang and all that. Oh, that's right. He played in Deep Purple. I forgot about that. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. but it's interesting when you hook up with these guys. My sister, when she was uh, in high school, uh, she's two years younger than me, but um, she was probably like in the ninth or tenth grade, and I was like going to be a senior and she had this girlfriend of hers and she's and and the girlfriend said oh my brother plays guitar maybe you know to give him a shout and i called him up and he said yeah come on over let's jam well it was ted green 
<laughs> you know, so like back in high school, I was pl playing with Ted Green in his garage. Wow. That you is know, insane, and, man. Yeah. And you'd go up to somebody like John McLaughlin and you'd say, Ted Green. And he'd go, oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, all of us do, man. Yeah. He's the guru. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. What a crazy world, you know, how all these I things I just left together. from him too, man, in that fucking apartment building he lived at in, in Burbank. Yeah. And what what got me was that I take this lesson and the guy was such a fucking motherfucker, like improvising classical music. Yeah. And, and I walk across the street and I see this apartment building that he lives in, which is actually like literally like four blocks long, like an ant in an ant hill. And I'm saying yeah. in a perfect world, this guy should be living in a fucking mansion in the biggest, you know, up in the in the hills of Italy somewhere in the biggest mansion in Italy. And he's living yeah. in this total. What do you call it? Anonymous, anonymous. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was interesting. I tried to get him on sessions and when I started working and he like would refuse to take a solo. He'd go, no, I don't, I, let me just play rhythm and stuff. And they finally just said, you know, this guy's not working out. Yeah. And wow. he, Ted really had his vision. I mean, as a teacher, as an educator, as a, you know, as a, this introverted really kind of player, right. there was nobody better. But when it came to putting him into like a, situation with a band he, he would pull back on it and, yeah uh, i don't think he ever wanted to be uh no, he did he, no, he really didn't he was really content in the world that that he yeah. functions functioned in. functioned beautifully in that world and so many people like if you go to his website and you see all those videos that that his students have uploaded it's just a, a world of information and and great yeah. guitar playing there yeah. you know? monster monster Wow, that's yeah, so cool! <laughs> what a small world, right? <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's always really really strange. Like my wife had a uh, there used to be a place in Pasadena called the um, Thieves Market back in the old days in the early seventies, uh, down in what became Old Town. Um, that was like one of these things that had like three floors of little antique shops in it, and um, the woman who had the shop next to my wife's goes you know my my nephew he's he's starting a band and um would you be willing to talk to him and maybe you know give him some advice so she gave me the number and the guy was like in the midwest so i i call up and introduce myself and he goes well hi i'm peter and i said i'm lee and we talked for a couple hours and i gave him all my sagely bullshit advice about this well it turns out it's peter buck and they were forming rem <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, I was I was at the Ivy one night. I was at the Ivy one night having dinner, and he was there. And he came up and he said, "Man, I got to thank you for all that fucking advice you gave me." And I said, "You owe me some money." <laughs> I, mean, I give him this advice. He becomes like in the biggest band in the country at the time and stuff. And I'm still out there hounding away in the studio. Huh? I live next to the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. We're neighbors, man. I'm in Eagle Rock. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. right over here behind the Gamble House. You're about it. You're about it. You know, the funniest, stupidest thing. As long as we've lived here, lived in Pasadena at the same house for 35 years, never seen the Rose Parade. <laughs> well, you 
you certainly aren't going to see it this year. It's going to be so surreal not to see the bleachers up this year. Yeah. Ben. I've never seen it. I've always said, okay, we're going to wake up this early. We're going to wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning. We're going to go over there and see it. We never did it. Ben. Yeah, it's better to watch. It's better to sleep in and watch the, the repeat on TV. Well, that's what I always thought. So. <laughs> Leland, do you have, um, since we just lost the master, one of the masters, uh, do you have an Eddie Van Halen story? Did you Did you know Eddie being a Pasadena no, you know, I, I mean, I met Eddie a number of times. I was close. I was close to Michael Anthony. Oh, okay, yeah. You know, but um, you know, I, my our, my path had crossed with with Eddie, you know, and Alex and, and the guys. I I the only one I've never really uh, came in contact with is David Lee. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where, but where I know Sammy. You you played with Sammy, right? Uh, no, I've never worked with. I, I know Sammy, but I've right. never had a chance to play with him. Yeah. Uh, at this point, but but man, it's so, heart, so heartbreaking. This past fucking month, I lost about eight or nine people in the past months between Helen Reddy and Mac Davis and and Eddie. There was a whole bunch of Rocco Prestia. Oh yeah, man, Rocco died, yeah. and Carrie Wright just died. Oh really? Yeah. And we were really close. I mean, Carrie, I have all his cabinets. He's like the he's like the fucking Picasso of cabinet makers, you know, for guitar. Oh, Jesus. And yeah, there's awesome. yeah, we lost like three personal friends during this yeah. whole period and so it's just been really sad. But when Eddie passed, you know, it's just it's one of those things that you kinda know it's coming, but it's still it's unbelievable when it happens. Yeah. You know, yeah. Eddie bought his parents a house in Eagle Rock. Oh, and, really? Yeah. And when I used to walk, when I walk my dogs, I would walk around this corner and there's a real big house there and I would see Van Halen road cases in the <laughs> garage, you know? And then I found out that's the house he bought for his parents after he, you know, became famous. Wow. Oh, that's great. So I don't know so if they he, still have it or not, but yeah, he, they had a house wow. in Eagle Rock for a while. Yeah. Well, it's it's just heartbreaking with these it's guys, really especially... Bad, Especially when they start, when they're finally sort of cleaning up and getting their shit together. Kind of like Stevie Ray. Yeah. You know, he went through all that stuff and suddenly he's really clean and he's healthy and then he dies. You know, it's like, fuck, really? So you you, you, uh, you worked with Mac Davis? Oh, I did a lot with Mac. Yeah. I'll tell you, the weirdest thing with Mac Davis was I had done like a bunch of his normal records. Then we went into, I think it was Capitol Records. Um and Jack Nietzsche produced him. And Jack was like just one of those really out interesting characters. And we cut this album that it, it sounded kind of like nine inch nails or something like that. I mean, it was like, it was like the, the, the darkest weird, kind of like the way Johnny Cash ended up doing this really dark stuff at the end. That was so interesting and unexpected. And we did this album, and when Jack turned it into the label, they said, this is incredible. Who is it? And he said, well, it's Mac Davis, and they shelved it. They said his fan base wouldn't accept this. And they and every time I would talk to Mac after that, he, he, we'd both say, that album. You know, well, it so it'll really, never see the light of day? or No, I've never saw the light of day. And now with him gone, I don't know where like the masters are or anything like that. But I went through a period working with Glenn Campbell and Mac and all all those kind of characters. Um, Glenn Campbell, you know, was, I mean, that's, wasn't he? He was a oh, What a player, Jesus. He was a great yeah. player. 
Yeah. yeah. But you know, it's just it's just heartbreaking when when these guys, you know, I mean, just they're you, you <laughs> to be there forever, and uh, yeah. and then you know they're not. But, you know, but you know, I, I've been really lucky, you know. Go ahead. You know, what's interesting for, for for us, I guess, because, you know, me and Bruce are more in the jazz world. Yeah. And we get a lot more creative freedom. We, you know, we could probably go into the studio and bang on pots and pans, and there's nobody to tell us not to. We, we yeah. self-produce everything we do. And you're playing with big-name people, and you have to deal with labels, where labels are always probably getting in your way and making life hard for you, and they just won't leave you alone and let you do your fucking thing, and telling you, no, you can't have this out on the market because it's not your fans aren't going to like, and it's you just want to say fuck you, you know what I mean? Like go fuck yourself. I mean, that's what I would say. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I don't have to deal on that end normally. As, as certainly as a but studio player, you see it happen. I'm, I'm part. Of, I'm part of that machine that can be really dysfunctional, and you see people coming in sometimes making decisions where you're not in a position to call them out, but you realize that they're fucking this whole thing up by their yeah. mere presence there. Mm. Um, and you see but, that but shit most, actually happening. Yeah. And, and, but it, it doesn't happen that often. Most nowadays, I mean, it's also different because um, so much stuff is indie projects and stuff and you're not dealing with labels and, and stuff. The, the hardest thing now is you work on a, on somebody's album and when it's all done, you start getting phone calls from them going, any idea who we can talk to you know, about this? Because, you know, with the, with labels in the old days, you always kind of went into anything knowing you were going to get fucked by them. But there was also a machine in place that was going to get you airplay, get you promo, get you on the road and all that. And now there's none of that. So it's. It, you know, it, it's it's interesting how things have developed, but also kind of slid back into some morass. And uh, I'm just grateful to still be a working musician. That's what I think every day, is, man. That's you know, I, I I pinch myself just going. It's been a a really fortunate run. I've worked really hard, but I feel really. I, I, there were moments that I have to look at perfect storms like meeting James Taylor at the beginning of his career and stuff. And had I met another guy during that period, it may have never happened for me, but James was the guy that this new movement in music was going to be built around. And, um, and, and you must know we, Mike Landau pretty well. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, no, yeah Mike's, yeah, dear Mike's friend. a dear friend of mine and he's given me so much helpful advice and just, I mean, he's just always been, a great friend and a great guy. We've wanted him on the show forever, but you know, he, I don't know. <laughs> he, he, he's unique. Bye. But the thing I love about Mike, you know, cause there's all the, you know, that whole core of guys, you know, like Luke and all, all, all the guys, Mike just always brings like the, he's kind of like to me, like the R crumb of guitar players. <laughs> You know, there's this other side that's just tweaked a little bit that he'll yeah. do things that nobody else would think of. Yeah, he's a he's a real artist, man. He's awesome. Yeah. I love his playing. Yeah, I, lo I love, I love his Mike. attitude. The only thing I don't like it is when he gets drunk and almost gets in trouble. Like, you know, he was over at John Sirs with you know Kirk Fletcher. Yeah, yeah. So he, him and Kirk were at this kind of like you know roughneck kind of bar out where John Sir lives out in Lake, Lake Elsinore. 
and Mike was sitting at the table, and they started asking these these dudes were sitting next to him, and what do you guys do? Uh, we work over at this trucking company. What What do you do? And Mike says, "I like to suck dick." <laughs> <laughs> trying to tell these guys, you know, kind of cool guys, he's just drunk, you know, don't, don't take it seriously, he's just drunk, you know, because I don't want Mike to end up like Jocko, right? Yeah, yeah. no, that, that that would be horrible, but I always loved the fact that he was always, you know, every time he'd show up, he was always driving those narc mobiles, yeah. you know, those big crown yeah. Victorians. No shit. Yeah. You know, he was at my gig one time at a, at a club, and he had his dick out at the bar the whole time. <laughs> the whole, whole thing, he sat in there with dick out. <laughs> and I had I had introduced him to this, this waitress, and this beautiful Swedish waitress. And she comes up to me on the break, and she says, I don't think I'm going to be dating your friend. And I go, why not? He's a really nice guy. And she just said, look. And I looked at him, and there he is with his dick hanging out. <laughs> It sounds like a David Spinoza moment. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's crazy. You know, Mikey, you know, some guys shouldn't drink. <laughs> or they should drink more. Oh, yeah. 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 Wow. Wow. That's that's a good one. Le- Leland, after all these years, and I'm, I'm sure you, you're getting hopefully taken care of on the road, how do you – you must just be such a road warrior now. Do you – do you struggle with coming off the road and being at home, or you've managed to work that out? Because I know some guys really struggle with that. No, I've had, I've had, I always love it. People say to me, like, you came off that big tour, how do you get back into being at home? And then I post a picture that I take looking straight down of me cleaning up dog shit in my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, it's really easy to get, you know, get your head back on, you know. Um, no, you know, Cabin fever sets in, you know, after a while you get home and it's nice to get back into the routine and then you're kind of getting hungry to hit the road again. Because for me, I enjoy performing the most, where if anybody ever said to me, you know, if you had to make a choice between studio or live, what would you choose? And I'd say live. Absolutely. Um, I love the process of making records and, and it's been wonderful. But man, there's nothing like walking out and I don't give a shit if I'm walking out in a club with 30 people in it, you know, or, or, you know, 600,000 people in a giant festival. It makes no difference to me. I'm going to, I'm going to play that gig exactly the same way, no matter, you know, what it is. I just love, I mean, it was really great when we did the 30th anniversary Cobham tour, we were in upstate New York, some Schenectady or someplace like that. And there was probably about 50 people in this club. And there's a guy, I mean, you can smell the audience. They're like right there. And I've got a guy down in front of me watching me play with binoculars. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm looking at this guy. He's like, you know, right there. I can quickly reach out and touch him. And he's like, what the fuck is this guy? I mean, this is really creepy. Um, but I really, I just love playing for people and I love the interaction with an audience. So, um, you know, you get home and, and you, you settle into that routine and, you know, I miss, I miss my wife I miss my dogs and all that. I miss yard work. I miss driving. You know, I like, I like driving a car and, um, you know, but you get back into that and then after a while you're just kind of chomping at the bit for the next thing to come along. But 
I've been lucky that for my, up to this year, I've always been able to balance recording and touring. I've, I've never gone a year without doing both of them. Um, so uh, I, I'm just, uh, right now, it's just surreal not, <laughs> yeah. not being out and being able to play for people. And, and even the virtual stuff is, you know, they're out there, but, you know. All right, thank you, Leland. Uh, don't panic. There'll be more next week. You know, we're just breaking the show up. Yeah, where do I find the right spot to cut this right here, right now? I just do, so don't stress about where I cut it because I had to get out somewhere so we can cut the show in half and get on to uh, do the rest of the show next week. So Leland will be back next week and uh, he's got some amazing stories. It's fantastic. Uh, again, sorry for the quality. Because, uh, that's what we were dealing with in these crazy times. So I blame COVID. Actually, I blame everything on coronavirus at the moment. So uh, there you go. All right, guys, be safe. Look after yourselves. Go vote. And we will hopefully catch you all next week. Thank you for listening. And uh, peace. Peace.